Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. Our text this morning is from the 33rd Psalm, as well as from the 5th chapter of Galatians. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from the psalmist. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all their hosts by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea as in a bottle. He put the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe before him, for he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood forth. The Lord brings the counsel of nations to naught. He frustrates the plans of his peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. And from the Apostle Paul, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. May God add his understanding to the sharing of his word. So perhaps like many of you, I was at Costco yesterday getting a bunch of junk for today. You know, brats and hot dogs and hamburgers, all the stuff we're not supposed to eat. And um, so um, I, was, I was just watching a lot of people. And there was, people were happy. They were, they were going to celebrate the 4th of July together. And they had family and friends coming. And, and so they were pushing, hefting these carts around the aisles. And the lines were backed way up. And I, I, I just thought, this is so good. People of all kinds, Americans, just garden folks, garden variety folks, people who were there to celebrate and, and going through the line. And everyone's kind of not even grousing and complaining about getting out of Costco for, you know, my goal is get out for under $100. And it's very rare that I do that. But, you know, they're all getting out for two, three, four hundred $400 because of all the junk that they, <laughs> they've got for today. It's all food. It's all drink. It's all celebration. And I thought, this is so good. This is so wonderful. It's so very sweet. So American. And nothing special about it. It's happening in virtually every Costco, Sam's grocery store in the nation yesterday. And perhaps today for those people who forgot the potato salad or whatever it may be. And, um, but it's a way that we celebrate freedom. And we, we share with one another. And we, we enjoy what, what we have received. And what we have received far outweighs anything that we've earned. And we know that to be true. We know that there's really so little we have done to receive all that we have. And there's a deep gratitude for, for just being together on, on the 4th of July. And it's a, it's a wonderful and a good time. 
And it's so good to be in a, in a place that's free. And make no mistake about it, the freedom of this nation is rooted and grounded in this. The values that we, or our, those who went before us, labored to enshrine in our Constitution and then reinforce with our laws and our, and our courts. Where does this stuff come from? All men are created equal. From here. Only here. And it is here that we learn of all people being born in the image and likeness of God, of, what, of whatever stripe they may, they may come, any nationality or race or, or belief, whatever it may be, they've, they've been created in the image and likeness of God, and our nation is founded on that fundamental understanding of the human person. And that, that is so fundamental, it's so core to us as a people. And, and it is so necessary that we maintain a sense of where did we come from? Where did this people emerge? Where did this nation emerge? It, doesn't, it didn't just happen. It happened because of centuries of struggle with the nature of faith and the nature of how faith is implemented through governmental structures. And it happened here, and it's happening here. And, and make no mistake about it, the, the threats to our freedom today are, not, are nothing new. They've been with us for a long time. But there's a, there's a secret about the nature of our freedom and the, the, the joy that we, that we share because we're a free people. I love it. This morning, two guys went by out here on motorcycles, really loud things, you know. One of the guys had one of those mustaches that went, maybe it was a bird, <laughs> it went back like this in the wind. And I thought, it's so good. So good. I love it. America. Free people. I thought, you guys should be in church this morning, but they, you know, they're going to go ride. But it's, it's, it's so good. That's attributed to Alexis de Tocqueville, a Frenchman who came, he was kind of a journalist guy, and he came and, and observed the country back in the 1830s. And he had this to say, I sought for the greatness and genius of America in her commodious harbors and her ample rivers. And it wasn't there. In her fertile fields and bount boundless forests, it wasn't there in her rich mines and her vast world commerce, and it wasn't there. In her democratic congress and her matchless constitution, but even it wasn't there. Not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits flame with righteousness that did I understand the secret of her genius and power. America is great because she is good. And if ever America ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. Frenchman, not one of us, one outside of us who comes in and kind of triangulates in on the truth with fresh eyes to see that this land is rooted and grounded in a unique faith that is received by all of us, by those who've gone before us and, 
and nurtured the faith and brought us to this place. And several years ago, in 1990, I went to the Soviet Union. It was out now, at that time the Soviet Union still. But it was coming out of that. And I went there with the publisher of Gospel Light in Ventura. And we, we snuck some Bibles in, even though Russia was opening up. But the nation of the Soviet Union was threatened by the Bible. Why is this such a scary book? We got dozens of them around here. You've got them in your homes. Why is this so scary? Go online and look at, see the number of nations today that restrict or prohibit the scriptures. 52 nations in the world. And they're most roundly characterized by either Islamic nations or nations that are despotic, primarily socialist nations that have some sort of a despotic rule. They're threatened by the freedom that this speaks of. When the Apostle Paul says to Christians, for freedom Christ has set you free, and that beats with the heart of the human soul, that's not good word, that's not good news for someone who's trying to control other people. And Jesus says, for freedom Christ has set you free, don't submit again to the yoke of slavery. There are all kinds of slavery. And if anything, we are now threatened by being an indentured servant people because of the debt that we are amassing as a nation. We're told to stay free, to be a free people, and that in being free, the Lord our God is glorified. We also have a time when there's all kinds of labeling and and antipathy toward one another. I received a phone call this week from a dear man of our congregation who was just, he was ashen. He said he was talking to his granddaughter. His granddaughter called him a racist. Family. Because of these narratives that are out there controlling so many in their thinking. There's hatred that's been introduced into family. And, and this is just, it's so wrong. It's so counter to what it means to be a free people. To be free is to be responsible and to be loving of, of one another. And these trends in our culture are, are frightening, but they're not new. When I was a kid growing up in Riverside at the Mount Zion Ebenezer Baptist church or whatever the name of the church was, downtown LA, there was a pastor named E.V. Hill, and I heard him on the radio all the time, fiery African-American pastor. And he, he responded to some death threats that he was receiving, this is back in the 60s, death threats that he was receiving from, from Black Panthers who were complaining about him preaching about a white Jesus. And he said, I don't know anything about a white Christ. I know about Christ, a savior named Jesus. I don't know what color he is. 
He was born in brown Asia. He fled to black Africa. And he was in heaven before the gospel got to white Europe. So I don't know what color he is. I do know one thing. If you bow at the altar with color on your mind and get up with color on your mind, go back again and keep going back until you no longer look at color, but at his greatness, his power, and his power to save. When we look at one another through the, the shallow realities of pigmentation, or the shallow realities of cultural differences. We look at one another through the shallow realities of disagreement on issues. When we look at one another through anything that would divide us and, and not see in the other what the founders of this nation saw, and that was the Imago Dei, the image of God, that all were created equal. If we look at one another through any categories other than seeing the other as being created in, in his image and likeness, then we need to go back to the altar, go back again and again and again until we don't see color anymore. And that is the core reality, the core value upon which this nation was founded. Four years ago, I had an occasion to give the invocation at a gathering over here in Cambria Park about honor flight. And two men who had ne never met one another, actually, had been close to one another during the Second World War. Vern Seibo was a navigator in a B-17. And he flew many missions over Europe and different places of Europe. But he was escorted by these guys in P-51s who made sure they were safe. And when they were done with their mission, they would go swirling away. But what he noticed about these P-51s, they all had red tails. He found out years later that these men were the Tuskegee Airmen. It was an all-black platoon of, of of fighters and their crews on the ground. And so Vern began to make some noise about how he wanted to meet one of the Tuskegee Airmen. And sure enough, four years ago, in May of 1917, 18, 2017, <laughs> in May of, uh, of, of that year, those two men met. They had dinner together on Fifth Avenue and then we had this celebration honoring the, these two men, George Hardy and Vern Seibel. And I was sitting on the stage up with them. And during the ceremony, Vern leaned over to George, who was a fighter pilot during the Second World War, fighting with the Tuskegee Airmen. And he said, George, I just want, you to th want to thank you. You saved our butts. And he just reached over and they bumped fists together. And I thought, this is so good. It is so very good. Black and white, they realize it means nothing. 
Love for one another means everything. Of course, Truman integrated the services soon thereafter when they recognized the, the valiant efforts of the African-American fighters. And soon thereafter, sport integrated. And then, of course, we heard from Martin Luther King, not color of skin, said the same thing as, as E.V. Hill, not the color of skin that matters. But what does matter? What we proclaim underneath the surface of all of this, what does matter is that we are one because God made us all. That's the, that's the real root, the foundation of our being one as a people that we celebrate together. And when I accompanied on honor flight Richard Pettingill, and we were gathering together at the World War II Memorial on the Pacific side, and there were people up above on the walkways, people around the fountain, and all these veterans, World War II and Korean veterans, on the ground. And I was standing in the back with Rich and saw one man up front hoist himself up out of his wheelchair. And he started singing the national anthem. Everyone stood, including those who could barely stand. And they all sang. Up on the walkway, around the fountain, everywhere within earshot, everyone was singing the national anthem. Because that anthem comes to us because a nation was given to us by a God who loves us. Will you bow with me in prayer? Thank you, Lord. And this, this nation, with those who've sacrificed on her behalf, have followed after the example of your son who sacrificed himself on our behalf, free, that we may be free, that all may be free, that all may know both the shallow joys of a Costco and the deep joys of loving one another. Thank you, Lord, because for freedom you have set us free. We pray in the name of your Son, our Savior Christ. And on the night our Savior was betrayed, when he had given thanks, he took bread and broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat and do this remembering me. And in like manner, he took the cup. And he said, this is my blood, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show forth my death until I come again. This morning we are 
being restored to our original form of receiving communion, where we will ask you to come forward and, and file by the service. We do have in front here those cups if you still feel comfortable to only take it in that way. And when we're done with this serving of communion, if you would like us to bring you communion, we will, we will do so. But let's come to the table of our Lord.
Let us pray together. Our Father, we, we don't know what we've just done. We know in a very rudimentary way what it means to receive that which makes us alive, which is holy food and drink, which is that which empowers us because of your sacrifice on our behalf. Not understanding, but receiving and thanking, O oh Lord. So hear us even now as we pray as the name, as, the, as, as your son taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. 
For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.